Welcome to the Built for Trace podcast. This is your host, Dan Dowdy, and today I am recapping the interview that I did with Chris, I'm sorry, Chris Gutkus, the uh, CEO um, of Island Elevator. It was a great interview. If you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to pause this and go back and listen to the previous episode on the Built for the Trades podcast, and then come back over here and in the recaps, I dive into one leadership principle that I hear, and I just elaborate on it for about 15 or 20 minutes. So thank you for being a part of this. Um, our, our mission and purpose here at Built for the Trades is to help businesses grow through leadership development. And the only way that we're going to do that is by helping you grow, help each individual person grow so they can be better uh, husbands or wives or partners or fathers or mothers or um, you know, friends or uh, bosses or whatever it is, it starts with you and it starts with your ability to grow. So if you like this podcast, please subscribe, share this with a friend and let's dive in. And then in the interview with uh, Chris, he talked about the ability to grow and develop yourself outside of what you're doing on the clock. And I see this a lot when I'm working with trades companies and individuals in the trades. It is a very rare thing to see people who are studying their craft, who are learning about their products or their services, who are um, making themselves better outside of showing up to work and learning on the job. And the ones that are doing that are the ones that are separating themselves. They're the ones that are building confidence in themselves, gaining that knowledge and applying it. And they're starting to separate themselves, whether it's in their leadership ability and their sales ability, but overall just production as a human being in whatever field and whatever you're doing. And so today I wanted to talk more about that in leadership. A lot of times we think leadership is influencing other people, which it is. And we think about, you know, making somebody do something and perform for us and get better. But a lot of times we don't see leadership as, as looking inwardly at ourselves and knowing that in order to grow our team, in order to go to the next level in our lives, we have to go to the next level within ourselves and grow ourselves. So in doing a little research of this, I like to, to do a little research and, uh, and pull up something that somebody else has already written. And this is from the IMG Academy. They, uh, what they do is they train athletes all over the world, both academically and performance-wise, to be the, some of the best athletes in the world. And they wrote a little blog here on the top 12 things all successful athletes demonstrate. And I'm going to go through that in today's podcast. And you know, it, I, I like to see. You know, I, I like to look at, to look at the top athletes and see what they do, and then relate that directly to business and leadership. Because if we want to be the best in our trade, if we want to be the best leaders we can be, if we want to be the best at home with our families, we have to treat ourselves like athletes. We don't have to. We should treat ourselves like athletes, wanting to be better, wanting to be more fine-tuned and ready to go. So I'm going to read through these top 12 things and elaborate a little bit on them as we go through this podcast. And the very first thing they talk about is self-confidence. The best athletes are innately self-confident, and they truly believe that they will win. They also have the confidence to deal with any unexpected situations that may arise and to speak up for themselves and their teammates when appropriate. So there's so much to break down there, but the best athletes are innately self-confident. They're self-confident because 
you know, they may have more talent than the other person and they may have experience of winning, which help them build that self-confidence. Or they may just be putting in the work to get better. They may be doing the small things to get better. And, and realizing that when you relate that over to leading in the business world, it could be as simple as, you know, having a good calendar and having a good to-do list and or maybe waking up a little bit early and doing a little bit of journaling or doing some reading or taking in some content that's making us better or getting up earlier and and getting that workout in that will help you build that self-confidence if you start losing that weight if you start fine-tuning your skills you're going to become naturally more confident which is going to lead to more winning in what you're doing Number two, they talk about motivation. High-performing athletes are motivated by the desire to be better than their opponent and even better than, than their personal best. They'll be patient and persevere in working on their skills and focusing on their goals. Uh, motivation, I talk a lot about re, you know relying on self-discipline over motivation, which we're going to talk about self-discipline next, but there is a place for motivation. And, um, and the part that really stands out to me is and even be better than their personal best. Uh, I, I think speaking for myself, um, sometimes when I set a goal and I accomplish it, I can kind of rest in that goal and realize that um, I'm good there. And I have a hard time getting motivated to push past that goal. Because really what requires going past that goal is, the motiv- is being motivated to get out of your comfort zone. And to go beyond what you're normally used to doing. And and that's why for me, like I, I personally have my own business coach because I need somebody who can take what I'm doing and push me and keep pushing me and holding me accountable. Otherwise, I will tend to kind of rest in that accomplishment and not move forward. Number three, they talk about self-discipline. Elite athletes know that success doesn't happen overnight. They had the self-discipline to put in the early morning training sessions to sacrifice social activities in exchange for more practice and to power through sore muscles and exhaustion. They also practice self-discipline when it comes to their diets, making sure they only fuel their bodies with beneficial nutrients. So much to break down there. But you can think about yourself and are you, do you have the self-discipline to, to putting in the extra work that your competitors aren't doing to become a better leader to become a better business owner or manager what in here stands out as something that you can apply to be more disciplined in what you're doing Uh, when it comes to self-discipline you know when like you can be motivated to start working out and a lot of people are just look at the beginning of the year right everybody says that yearly goal of they're going to work out and lose weight and majority of the population only lasts a month maybe two months But it's the people who become self-disciplined and realizing that this is not just a goal. This is a lifestyle. And they don't bite off more than they can chew. So if you're wanting to be self-disciplined in any area, my encouragement to you is start small. Just start small. Start one day a week. Start working out one day a week because that one day a week is going to turn into two days a week. It's going to turn into three days a week. And that self-discipline is going to build. And it's going to build that confidence that you need back in, in step one of building confidence. Uh, number four here, they talk about optimism. An athlete who lacks an optimistic attitude isn't likely to fully excel because they don't expect to win. A successful athlete must believe that they will win and remain positive even when facing adversity. 
Man, it's so powerful. I mean, if you don't believe you can win before you start, or if you're not remaining positive, you've already lost. You know, the opportunity of you winning goes way down. So one thing we can control is our attitude. And when we do have those rough patches, we can learn from it and we can uh, move past it and say, you know what, the good thing about that is that that's in the past. I can't dwell on that. I can't worry about that. And then the other thing I would encourage you to do is to have people around you who help kind of knock you out of that negative uh place you may be in for a moment because running a business or or growing a family or you know any part of life i mean there's always going to be things that can bring us down if we allow it to but it's being able to um you know realize what's going on and leave that in the past and move forward with an optimistic attitude that that's really going to make the difference step five here they talk about acceptance of criticism how can one improve if they aren't willing to accept constructive criticism? Successful athletes understand that it's important to remain coachable while accepting and learning from their mistakes. They will also be open to advice or tips from teammates and accepting of calls made by officials. Man, that's good. So how can one improve if they aren't willing to accept constructive criticism? So in the workplace, constructive criticism would look like this. You know, um, if I had a relationship with you and then you were doing something that I felt like you needed some constructive criticism, I would do it private. I would do it one to one. I would never do it in public. I would never call that person out because that's not constructive, right? That's destructive criticism. So always share constructive criticism in private, never in public. And then always share positive things about the people in public. That's the best best way to put it. And just ask yourself, are you remaining coachable? Because everybody has something to teach you. It's just, are you willing to be taught? Are you willing to pay attention and realize that, uh, uh, that, that you know, remain, keep that teachable attitude moving forward? Number six is poise under stress. Athletes deal with countless sources of stress on a routine basis. Once again, business owners do as well. From the pressure to perform well during competition or training to the stress caused by losing a game, getting injured, or struggling to master a skill, stress is an everyday part of an athlete's life. A high-level athlete can perform and even thrive under stress and pressure uh, to still come out victorious. I uh, heard a story the other day about, and there uh, it was a podcast I was listening to talking about the top athletes and what makes them different. And they say, you know, the more stress, the more pressure, the bigger the event, the more calm they become. And the reason why that is, is not because just because they're, you know, freak of a person and they can do that. That's probably part of that's innately, you know, who they are as a person. But really what it comes down to is they've put in the work. They've put themselves in those positions before, but really they've put in the work. They know that at that moment they've done more than anybody else to get better, that they come in with that confidence and they realize that under stressful situations, I put this work in and I'm going to perform to the level I need to perform. So are you doing that as a business owner? Are you doing that as a leader? Are you putting in that work to where when it does get stressful, you can fall back? on that practice, on that preparation that you've put in. Number seven is focus. A strong athlete must be able to focus on their goals and the big picture, which helps them stay dedicated to their training. They must also be able to focus on the moment while competing 
and tune out anything that is happening in the stands with spectators that might be occurring in their personal lives or outside of their sports. Um, so, you know, focus in the workplace. I mean, leading people, leading yourself. Uh, there's so many things that, that go on um, and our personal lives really can affect our leadership. Actually, so much so when people are looking for their next leader, I, help, I tell them to start with their personal life. What's their personal situation? Are they stable at home? Do they have a good marriage? Do they have good relationships? Are they, are they leading their kids well first? Because if the answer is no, then their effectiveness at work is, is going to be handicapped at best. So you want them to lead well at home. You want to lead well at home. You want to be better and realizing also that when you're leading people and you're helping them work through situations, uh, you know, a lot of their performance issues at work lead back to home. And so you have to uncover that. You have to need to listen to them and make sure that they can move past those things. And uh, that way they can increase their performance at work. Number eight here is resiliency. Losses are just a reality of being an athlete. Setbacks will occur, and an athlete can't be successful if they aren't resilient. Even after a loss, successful athletes stay positive and use the experience as an opportunity to learn and move forward. John Maxwell talks about this. He, call, he calls it failing forward. You know, So anything in life that you're doing to be better, it means you're getting out of your comfort zone. You're putting yourself out there. Guess what? Realization is you're going to fail. So once you know that and you do fail, it's what do you do with that? Do you mope around? Do you carry it with you? Do you let it affect you for a long period of time? Or do you just sit down, learn from it, uh, and do the best you can not to repeat those same mistakes over again? Fail for That's what every successful leader, every successful athlete, every successful businessman or woman does in order to go to the next level. Number nine is a competitive spirit. Successful athletes enjoy winning, and it's, it is likely that they will be competitive even in areas outside of their sport. Nothing wrong with a good competition, in my opinion. As long as it's a good, healthy competition, um, when it comes to yourself, you can be competitive with your friends, you can be competitive with your coworkers. But the idea is that, you know, is that you know you realize that the competitiveness will help make each other better. That's why I think it's always good too to have an accountability partner. Um, if you're wanting to, let's just say you want going back to wanting to start working out, having somebody to work out with you is going to create that competition. It's also going to create that accountability. It's going to give you more reason to get out of bed and go work out. Number ten here they have is natural leadership. Even athletes who don't take on roles as captains or co-captains will usually have some leadership traits. Quick decisions often need to be made in the heat of the competition, and an athlete with leadership skills will be better prepared to take the initiative to make them. Man, it's so true. Like natural leadership, uh, I talk a lot about this and in, in, in what I do here, uh, coaching up trades, businesses, and leaders in the trades. And, you know, people are you know, people who are, are good at building relationships and are good at uh, um, building that know, like and trust factor with and a lot of times requires patience and requires uh, doing what you say you're going to do. Um, have a natural leadership and you can even see it like if you're talking about a group of technicians, you can see who's your natural influencers, your natural leaders. 
um, they always, you know, for good or for bad, are going to be a part of influencing your team. And so when you realize that and you realize who are, you know, who, who is your natural leaders on your team, when you're wanting to implement change, getting their buy-in first is key. You know, going to them, getting their buy-in as you get the rest of the team bought in. I always start with my natural leaders because I know that if I get them bought in, everything else is going to flow from that. And just because they have natural leadership doesn't mean that they're going to be natural managers or they're going to be good managers at all. They may just have this natural leadership where people are attracted to them and their skill sets or their knowledge or whatever it is about them. Uh, I think people, I think there's a natural gift in leadership for sure. Number 11, humility. Great athletes stay humble. When they make a mistake, they acknowledge and accept it rather than trying to make excuses. Alternatively, when a humble athlete uh, athlete's team is successful, they do not take all the credit. Exceptional athletes credit their teammates and coaching staff when they are successful. I'll never forget this. I may have talked about this in the past too. Um, I'm, a, I'm a golf fan, uh, Jordan Spieth fan, and I remember when he won his first Masters, they were interviewing him and asking him how he's become so successful. And he literally took zero of the credit pointed all towards their team, his team, his family, um, his coaches. And uh, it was just amazing because golf is a very selfish sport, at least it appears to be from the outside looking in. But uh, these golfers aren't successful without the team of people that, that they surround themselves with. And the cool thing about being humble in that is that the people listening that are a part of your team are more motivated to do more for you and make you even better when you give them the credit versus you taking all the credit and they feel a lack of appreciation. They're not going to want to do more. They're actually going to want to do less. It'll be demotivating for your team. So remember, when times are, are great, give your team the credit. And when times are bad, you take the credit. You take the ownership of those bad times. And then last but not least, number 12 here they put was passion. An athlete who is passionate about their sport is more likely to be successful. They will eat, sleep, breathe their sport, and therefore they will be excited to excel. So once again, we're talking about the top 12 things for athletes. This relates directly over to business and being better leaders. And this directly relates over to your trade and loving what you do. And so when it comes to passion, an athlete who's passionate about their sport, a leader who is passionate about their trade is more likely to be successful because they're going to eat it. They're going to sleep it. They're going to breathe it. And they're going to be fully engulfed in it working to be better in their knowledge and their skills and all different areas. So that's the podcast for today. Remember that there's thousands of people out there who are uh, running similar size businesses to you, managing similar size uh, departments as you, but there's a very, very small percentage of people who are willing to do what it takes to be better. And that really looks like studying, reading, learning, applying, getting out of your comfort zone, doing things outside of what you're getting paid to do is what separates the best athletes and also what separates the best leaders and business owners. And if you want to go to the next level, if you have a vision of accomplishing more, use this podcast as a motivation to push yourself forward. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Please uh, whatever platform you're listening to this Bill for the Trades podcast on, 
leave us a review and share this with a friend. We'd love to grow this podcast organically. And I hope you have an amazing day. Thanks again. Thank you.